Cameron Fisher is running for Ben Lapine School Board, and this conversation with her is being recorded on April 8, 2023. Cameron Fisher, welcome to the Radical Songbook. Well, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, let's start. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, I'm happy to. Uh, well, I grew up in Oregon. I'm a graduate of Portland Public Schools, and um, uh, my kids are sixth-generation Oregonians. And I've been in Bend just about 19 years. It'll be 19 years this summer. And I'm a mom of two teenagers who have been in the Bend Lapine Schools since kinder, and they're now um, in middle and high school, so three different schools. And I'm a lifelong educator. I've been an educator for over 28 years. I teach as an instructor at um, Oregon State, both for Corvallis and uh, OSU Cascades, and I teach for the Departments of Education and the College of Public Health, um, which um, under that umbrella is also Human Human Development and Family Sciences. Uh, So um, within those two realms of education and human development, I teach future teachers. Uh, and also school counselors and social workers and folks who go off to do amazing things in nonprofits, often here in Central Oregon. Uh, and prior to being at OSU, I was worked for a decade in the field of special education as a teacher, educational behavior consultant, educational assistant. And um, education-wise, um, I have a doctorate in edu- educational leadership um, with an equity concentration and uh, I have a master's in education, and I'm certified in both special education and ESOL. And I'm also an active community volunteer, um, much more so as my kids have gotten older. Uh, and um, I was appointed uh, as a member of the Bend Human Rights and Equity Commission, uh, as well as the Deschutes County Behavioral Health Advisory Board. I also um, have been pretty involved in our uh, Restorative Justice and Equity Group here in Bend, um, which partners with Dunlapine Schools and actually more school districts um, in, in the works uh, here in Central Oregon on how to support particularly students of color and um, as well as other marginalized uh, students who have experienced challenges um, with regard to bias or um, other concerns with regard to disciplinary action and uh, and, and how to support our, our kids, all kids, but particularly kids um, from BIPOC communities. Uh, and so that's kind of a, and I, I'm, I'm clearly very, I'm very passionate about education because I've dedicated my, my adult life to it. So, um, and even before that, actually. So um, just really uh, uh, invested in my local community uh, and and want to be involved more and how that looks to me at this point is running for school board. What would be some of your goals um, if you were elected to the Ben Lapine School Board? What are the things that you'd kind of like to accomplish as a school board uh, member? I am thrilled with the direction of the current school board, um, particularly over the last few years. And I really like the momentum that's been in the works. And I, I want to continue that, uh, particularly with regard to um, focus on equity, uh, equity work, uh, as well as really making uh, a strong effort continuing, particularly post or uh, pandemic um, in, in this corner of the world, uh, with regard to 
every student having access to an excellent education. And so I, I feel like the board has um, really made some excellent focus areas in that. Uh, and so when I think about what I can bring aside from my expertise in education and uh, experience and, of course, being a mom of two Ben Lapine School students, uh, the three areas that, that I want to continue the momentum on and I think I can contribute um, specifically to increasing student engagement uh, and I know this is on this is on the minds of everybody right now um, as we kind of move back to to this kind of new normal. Um, and I'd, so, with students, I'd, I'd, there is a tremendous challenge with student engagement right now. And um, when we, we know that when students are uh, feeling engaged in their learning journey. Uh, they're much more likely to succeed academically, attend school regularly, and graduate on time. And so addressing that student engagement piece, and then also educators are uh, struggling right now. We've, we've asked so much of educators, uh, and, um, everything from bus drivers to administrators to teachers to librarians, so much of them in the last few years that I think we have to do kind of a, some sort of reset to support teachers in a different way. Uh, and, and families. Um, I think I know as a mom, uh, as a single mom, uh, this three-year journey has been incredibly challenging. Um, and I, I know many families are, are struggling how to navigate engagement. So that's one area, as well as um, belonging uh, with our students in particular, and, and families and educators as well. But I, I think we're we've been in a, a really challenging time over the last six, seven plus years on how to make sure every student feels like they belong. And belonging, that feeling of belonging, that feeling of, of uh, safety and support and that a student's valued is essential for effective learning to happen. And right now, I think there are a lot of students out there who don't feel that or they're struggling with that or they're seeking that. So how to nurture that in different ways. And there are a lot, there are a lot of things that are already on the table or they're in the works, uh, but we just need to keep that going. And then third, uh, partnerships. I, I think with my um, almost 19 years here in, in, in Bend uh, and just my, my work history and the different various communities I've been involved with, I can um, be helpful in uh, uh, collaborating more with partnerships, and I think the district is, is on that more over the last several years, knowing that schools cannot do it alone, um, particularly in the areas of uh, homelessness uh, and mental health and, you know, other concerns uh, that nobody has all the, the answers and no district can be experts in everything. And so we have to have more partnerships with things like the Chutes County Behavioral Health and various medical clinics in the community and, you know, workforce partnerships and other things, after-school tutoring programs, et cetera. So just keeping that going as well. And I think I can keep those priorities uh, at the forefront. And so as a school board member, uh, the board is the, basically the policy board for the, for the district, what would you see that you could do or what the school board can do? And I guess this is tied into the work that you've already done that you're doing with restorative justice and equity group, but that the, the, the board can do to um, 
make students of color, provi provided opportunities for students of color, GLBTQ students, disabled students to to feel more comfortable and included at their schools. That is the question that I think so many people are trying to collaborate and figure out. And um, an example is um, with restorative justice and equity, um, they, even during the pandemic and in a different way, uh, they do this, uh, it's, it's an annual um, uh, event called Town Hall. And so this was just last month, actually, uh, prior to the spring break, which was last week. Uh, and the Town Hall, the goal is for every high school uh, to connect and identify and connect and support uh, students from all those subgroups you just mentioned, um, English learners, uh, BIPOC students, uh, students in, you know, experiencing disabilities, uh, LGBTQ plus students um, who have interest in attending something like this. For, and it was for, it's for a full day, a Friday, uh, and um, making sure that we have the, the continuity um, amongst, I mean, hopefully this will move on to middle as well, but this is high school focused right now. Um, but opportunities like that, and I was actually just looking through some of the student feedback. Students want more of that, right, where uh, the focus is their voice, their experience. And it doesn't have to be a full-day thing. Um, they're they're uh, part of RJE. I did a training for students in, in a multicultural club at Bend High and uh, on interrupting uh, microaggressions and addressing hate, uh, so empowering students. Um, and then also on the flip side, teachers. Uh, so I um, helped uh, with a training for the entire Summit High School faculty on how to have more restorative practices within their school and how to address some of those challenging, uh, you know, dilemmas that encounter or, or behaviors that they encounter that, that take away from that, ex that experience of feeling like, they, like students belong. So more opportunities like that. Uh, and that takes just tons of cooperation and collaboration uh, and openness and willingness, right? Um, and, uh, and then really getting this kind of anti-bias lens in, in every educator and family and student's experience. And that is not easy because we all have our own, you know, stories, right? We have our own lens that we come to the table with. Um, but I think having more proaction, pro, proactive um, actions that can, can support that uh, would be really helpful. And I, I think the, the board is on that. The board has this goal of um, uh, restorative uh, practices being uh, uh, um, uh, existing in one way or another. And again, this is still you know, rolling out uh, in all schools. Uh, and um, it's just how do we navigate that with, you know, already educators are just overloaded. So, right, with the trainings, right, how to implement that, especially if it's something that they, they did not experience in their teacher training or the professional development. So I think that having that openness, and I think this board is, is very much focused on uh, increasing those opportunities. A lot of the issues that you're talking about have to do with um, are part of, of the broader question of safety, um, mm -hmm. And can you can you talk a little bit more about that in terms of what the board 
uh, in terms of policy um, can can uh, can get the district to implement and the staff to implement in terms of ways to make students just feel just to literally be safer. Yeah, it's because it's it well, and when I hear that when you mention that, I, I I go not just to emotional safety, right, but to physical safety, and yeah. uh, my my daughter experienced the bend the recent bend high secure slash. Uh, you know, full lockdown is miscommunication exactly what it was. But, you know, no mom, no parent wants to get the text saying SWAT just walked by my classroom, right? Uh, and um, that's that's frightening. And so there, I know you didn't want to get too much into, uh, you know, things that are on the table legislature-wise, but I, I think um, the district is very receptive to, uh, I think it's 3101, uh, which is... Uh, what Emerson Levy is um, focused on this panic button uh, and uh, having, you know, our district um, take a really close look at that. And then I think they have, and I think they're on board. Um, and it's, it's a very affordable, accessible, easy to implement option uh, that would, uh, you know, help, help students and teachers and administrators um, help alleviate some of that anxiety that's incredibly high right now. Um, and uh, and then also further partnerships with um, Ben PD um, and the county. And I, I think that's there's a lot of conversation. I think just after having Safeway, you know, last uh, uh, August September, what uh, can't remember exactly, uh, that that people are trying to realize, you know, this this is something that exists and we cannot avoid it. Um, and then. I'd, I'd, aside from the, the panic, I just saw um, another consideration, which I think is really valuable when we think about families feeling that, you know, they belong and they engage and their voice matters, uh, is having within that 24-hour um, uh, time frame after some sort of incident, like what happened at Bend High, um, having families informed and, and giving some tools on how to do that. Uh, one of the, you know, gentle criticisms I have is, how we have normalized, right, these types of drills, these types of experiences, um, and even, even when it wasn't a drill, right, uh, that it's, okay, we finish off the day, we come back, start the next day as it's a normal day, right? And uh, that's, that is not how trauma is addressed. And, you know, our kids today, they are experiencing, they've experienced layers and layers of trauma, right? Um, and so I think that, when you mentioned the safety piece, that's a whole other thing. I, I also think um, I've had more conversations with folks uh, who on safe gun storage uh, and not only just with regard to, you know, um, school safety, but uh, mental health safety. Uh, and um, I think that that can be addressed further. Uh, so I, it, these are all, I mean, there's, there's no easy answer, but I think we have to continue to keep moving forward on, um, embracing uh, solutions because this is this is this is this is uh, incredibly impactful for our kids and I, I see it firsthand as a mom. Over the past few years, there's been a what I think is a kind of a coordinated national campaign that's been directed at a lot of school boards around the country with a variety of demands around certainly during the pandemic about opening schools, about masks, about what students should or should not be taught about race or racism, whether or not 
Some books should be banned from school libraries and classrooms, largely under the guise of parental rights. And I I guess I kind of wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on all of that? And tied into that, what, um, what role do you think parents should play in public education? It's almost like we shifted from anti-vaxxing, anti-masking, um, you know, questioning medical expertise to here we are, you know, a couple years later, and we've shifted to a whole nother, you know, narrative. And I think um, absolutely parents have a voice and parents have fear. I mean, I speak just as a mom. I have lots of fear on how my kids are going to be okay, right, and uh, leave their K-12 experience, you know, as, you know, productive, healthy members of our society. And I have great faith in our educators. I have faith in our highly trained educators and administrators and curriculum uh, experts, uh, as well as our librarians, right, Um, that I trust their professional uh, decision-making. And I also appreciate transparency. So if parents do have concerns or it's our job uh, as educators and or as a board um, to address those concerns with clarity and transparency. But this is a public education system, and this board and this district, Ben Lapine Schools, focuses very much on evidence-based approaches. Uh, the, the curriculum that's selected is research-based, right? Um, and yes, there's shifts, you know, here and there. Um, and the, uh, the reading curriculum, this is a hot topic, right, in our nation right now, uh, is, is an adjustment process, right? Um, I, I was trained with whole language, right? And this dates myself. Uh, and here we are kind of not going all the way. We can't flip it all the way to the other side of just your phonics, looking that there's a gray area in a lot of different curriculums, and we have to find um, what fits uh, best based on evidence. And that's what I, I have faith that this district does. So I, I guess when you, when you mentioned some of those topics. I think that with regard to education and then with regard to our kids, going back to that piece of belonging, if we look at, you know, ages 10 to 24 individuals, uh, the second leading cause of death is suicide. We have got to do better on making our young people feel that they are valued, appreciated, and belong as who they are. And I get really, really passionate about that because no mom or parent excuse me, wants to think their kid is suffering so much because people don't respect and honor who they are as an individual person. It's a really challenging time right now. And, and I, I think some of that unhelpful rhetoric plays on fear, right? And um, it exists, but it's, it's indirect. It's, it's, it's not helpful. Uh, and it's, it's not valuing our educators. And so I feel like sometimes it's a flip. Of people say, oh, yes, we need to value our educators. And let me tell them exactly what to do. Uh, and that's, that's ineffective, and it's, it's, um, it's not appropriate. What concerns do you have regarding student achievement in, in this Ben Lapine School District right now? I feel very strongly that Ben Lapine School has excellent educators and is very much focused on academic excellence. And, and we can see with, you know, the performance of students um, – However, I think all students, at different varying degrees, 
have been impacted significantly from what they experienced over the last three years. But I also, uh, on that, I feel that this district, um, and it's taken, it's taken some time, but has really looked carefully at that not every student gets a one size fits all and it doesn't, it's not for everybody, right? That, that one decision is not for everybody. So when I, when I say that, I think of, you know, when I was being trained as a teacher, it's like, oh, we got to get everybody to college, right? Um, and I, that, Absolutely. We need to, for students who are college bound, who that's so very important to them, we need to make it as the college prep is incredibly important. However, if we put folks just in that one box, we are missing a, a slew of students where they may be very focused on um, career tech education, or they may be focused on alternatives that, that fit their lives better. When we think of um, high school and how they address student needs. I think our counseling team in this district um, has really carefully thought that through with regard to how it work with families. And I'm not just saying there's not room for improvement because our counselors are way overloaded, right? No school counselor can do what we're asking them to do. Um, but to really pay attention to individual student needs and focus areas uh, when planning out, you know, high school scheduling, et cetera. I always like to ask my guests if there's anything that I should have asked you that I didn't, uh, or if there's anything else that you want our listeners to know. You really hit a lot of important questions that really, I hope, demonstrate who I am as a person and as a mom and an educator, uh, and that, um, you know, my passion of, of making sure that the educational needs of all students that, that that comes clear here, that comes through here. How can people get involved or in touch with your campaign? Well, my website is Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, for F-O-R, schools, S-C-H-O-O-L-S, dot com. And that's a great way to start. Um, I also have a Gmail account that's Cameron for schools at gmail.com. And so those are two ways. And uh, I'm also endorsed by the Deschutes Democrats. And so they have some information on their website with other details about me. Folks want to learn or help volunteer to support the Deschutes Dems or me in particular. Cameron Fisher, thanks so much for joining me here on the Radical Songbook. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure.